Good morning, everyone, and happy Monday, February 12th. Welcome to the Jennifer and Wendy Show. Good morning, Wendy. Hello. Connor McCarthy is with us. Good morning, Connor. Good morning. And the Royal Banks, Missouri text line is open, 84126. Uh, Coming up at 1035, we will chat with Melissa Gibbs and her husband, Blake Larson, about her Beria soaps. Do you know what's in your soap? We'll find out. Ike Jachi joins us from ABC News at 1050. And you know, for some people... There's a major holiday coming up, Valentine's Day on Wednesday. Mike Ward will be in the studio to chat with us about Bubbly. And then we'll also, at 11.35 today, chat with author Alan Gratz, who has written Heroes, a novel of Pearl Harbor. So all that coming up. All right, kids. (laughs) Where do you want to start? How was your Sunday, Wendy? I think there are some pretty happy people in your household. It was, um, it was, it was. It was the it was one of the ugliest games I've ever seen in my life. Is that safe to say, Connor? Uh, yeah, it felt like it was going to be the uh, that Patriots Rams Super Bowl from a few years ago. Yes. That was thirteen to three, or yes, yeah, yeah. I was it worried was... it would be like that. Okay, so Chris started out the the game by saying, "Here's he said, here's my projection. Here's my prediction. He said it's going to be it's going to be a blowout." And he said Pacheco is going to be the MVP. <laughs> uh, Chris. <laughs> so I told him, I said about about uh, 30 minutes into the game, when Pacheco was completely, I don't know what was going on with any of them. They looked like themselves. They They seemed to be wearing the same uniforms they had always worn. But this was a compl- this was a totally different team. I've never seen Patrick Mahomes paralyzed by a defense a, a defense the way he was paralyzed by the 49ers mm. have you uh I, I don't know he still ended up with you know 330 passing yards after what after what three and a half after three and, and a half quarters it was like he woke up from a slumber and it was i mean it, it was just ugly i cried at the end, Chris thought I was going to have an aneurysm <laughs> listening to Tony Romo. I said, I said, honey, I said, do you mind turning it down? Because we've got the closed captions so we could, you know, we could make out everything. And I saw on Facebook, I am not alone. There are plenty of people out there who want no more Tony Romo in their lives. And so between the way they were playing and Tony Romo, I thought I was, I seriously thought that I was just going to vapor lock and it was just going to all end. He said, Wendy, he said, it's a football game. I said, <laughs> I, said I, I know that. I said, I really do know that. But it was, it was just, the ending was perfect. Um, I, I just can't believe it happened. I, I can't believe it happened. And Connor, what's your take on it? I don't know. Do you do you really still feel like that? Three, you know, third Super Bowl in five years. I mean, I feel do like I feel it, sp- it should just be like you know another day, right? I don't think it. I don't think no? it's ever. I, I don't. If it's if it's ever just another day, then your level of jaded has exceeded itself. Well, not jaded, <laughs> just you know, because it, you, it happens every year, right? Okay, it's well, like well, but you, you know, you whatever. Know, um, Kurt Warner was quoted yesterday as saying how difficult it is to repeat, and he learned that the hard way. And so when we went to the we went to the Super Bowl in Atlanta, along with thousands of other St. Louisans, including Heidi Klaus as her pink nun, the Pink Sisters. Um, but it gave us it gave certainly gave me Chris already had it an appreciation of what it takes to get there. 
it's it's almost it's virtually impossible to get there. And especially with this year, I just don't think they played very well. Um, from the three one four, bring back Troy and Joe. Um, this is where I wish. Because Chris said, you're going to have a very tough Super Bowl this year. You better hope that the Chiefs aren't in it. He said, because it's going to be on CBS and it's going to be Tony Romo and Jim Nance. And they bought the they bought the rights. CBS bought the rights to the NFL, right? Is that why um, – did Fox lose For the this, Super Bowl? Or I thought it just it, rotates. Does it rotate? I thought it rotates. Okay, yeah. I didn't, I didn't realize what it was, but – um, yes, I, I would if, – if I had heard Joe Buck and Troy Aikman last night, I would have started crying. Even, mm-hmm. But I did cry at the, at the end of the game just because it was so wonderful. And when the game was starting and you hear the national anthem and, you know, you have the flyover, and I said to Chris, I said, I said, I wonder if any of the players ever get emotional. Cause and I, then they showed and it. And they showed Chris Jones. <laughs> and – that was that was pretty neat. I will say there was a, a little scandal about the anthem because people bet on it I heard about how that. long it will take. Well, she did, and she did like a pause, and then she said "brave" twice, uh, mm-hmm. and it just went to the over, and it was a little bit of a scandal. Maybe she had some money on the over. I don't she can really think affect that. So she's Reba McIntyre. She's the darling, and always will be the. Well, darling. she really screwed me over because yeah. I had the under. <laughs> On ABC News this morning, they mentioned how some guy lost $100,000 on those prop bets, which is... Well, and we've got so much to unpack uh, when it comes to the Super Bowl, but when you know you've reached, you've almost like aged out of it. I was on social media and I was seeing, it said, as the celebrities arrive at the Super Bowl, I didn't know, maybe, I I knew maybe two of them. Mm -hmm. And one of the two was Pauly Shore from (laughs) 6,000 years ago. So, um, yeah, we have a lot to talk about. Yes, we do. And the Royal Banks, Missouri text line is open 84126. All of your comments are coming in, and we will get to some of those. Want to remind you, every Saturday at 3 here on the Big 550, you can listen to a radio show called Keep What's Yours. It is co-hosted by Jeff Zufall from Capital Advisory Group and Josh Gilbert from The Heidi Glauss Show, and it's all about money. Since it is mid-February, you're probably thinking about your taxes. And the reason the show is called Keep What's Yours is that Jeff Zufall, Zufall has written a book called Keep What's Yours. It's all about keeping more of your hard-earned dollars in your pocket, not Uncle Sam's. Some new clients came to Jeff Zufall years ago and said, we've overpaid Uncle Sam. And he refiled their taxes and was able to recoup that money for some of his clients. But he doesn't want you to be in that situation to begin with. So at Capital Advisory Group, they will walk you through the year. They'll keep you abreast of all the tax code changes that happen from year to year so that when it comes time to file your taxes, you'll be prepared and you won't overpay Uncle Sam. If you're interested in becoming a client, call 636-394-5524. You can look them up online, capitaladvisorygrp.com, or listen in every Saturday at 3 to keep what's yours right here on the Big 550. Do you know how to spell love? You think it's L-O-V-E, but it's actually W-K-F. If you're new to these parts, I probably need to explain. Walter Knoll Flores, that's all you need to know about love. And at Walter Knoll's, they believe in love at first sight. And you cannot even imagine. I am looking at the website right now, and I always make a big deal out of this. 
Um, I don't have the, the the technical bandwidth to spend a lot of time on a website that's crowded with pop-ups and all that nonsense. And that's a good way to just get me to X out of the screen. The Walter Knoll website is so easy to use. If you have to send Valentine's flowers to, you know, maybe a couple of people, maybe your kids, maybe your sweetie pie, then you can do it all at one, I mean, on on one fell swoop. It's over. It's done. And you have brightened somebody's day uh, like like no other. And it's a terrific way to say I love you. And at Walter Knoll Florist, uh, you are getting the most gorgeous flowers. And they don't think that it should have to, you should have to break the bank to tell somebody that you love them on Valentine's Day. And they have so many, as I said, so many beautiful arrangements. They even have a gift shop at Walter Knoll. So sign on to WKF.com and tell those that you love that you love them. But remember how to spell love in St. Louis. It's WKF.com. Welcome back to the Jennifer and Wendy show. Uh, what did you all think about the commercials? Or, or we're not done with the game yet. No, I, I somebody on the text line uh, raised a fantastic point. They said that the... Um, I have to find it. I'm sorry. Was it the center, Connor, who needed to? Oh, man. Uh, the, yes, the chief center should use the offseason to learn how to snap the ball. He has been awful all playoffs. That's why it looked like Patrick Mahomes not only didn't have a pocket, he had, he had, it, it didn't look like he had any protection at all. Um, honestly, when you look at Brock Purdy, who had two hours to decide where he was going to throw the ball. I, I don't know. that. It's not like Brock Purdy diced him up or anything. It's not like they they only scored uh, no, nineteen I, points. I understand, but he seemed to have a lot more protection than than Patrick Mahomes did. But these snaps, so when the center snaps the ball, that's how that's how Patrick Mahomes gets the ball, and he appeared to almost be picking it up off the ground every time. So I don't I don't know what I don't know what happened. I don't know if they were AI generated for the first three quarters. I, I don't I don't know, um, but in terms of your question about the commercials, I I have never seen a less impressive. Yeah, right. I like the J Lo and Ben Affleck. Me one too. Of the best Me too. Matt that Damon. was it. That was it. That was I liked uh, Ar- Arnold. Arnold. You know where mm-hmm. did he? That was cute with Dan, they, how they was ad- cute how they added Danny DeVito at the end. But I, know, I thought they were pretty good. You did. You didn't like the Michael Sarah one. I uh, I, I like that one. I, I thought, thought it that was, was funny. It was, it was cute. I mean, it was cute. But usually, you're just like the Christopher Walken one. Yeah, was kind of cute. Yeah. Um, Don't but, people say it every year that these commercials are so bad? Well, when were the good commercials? The good commercials. <laughs> well, oh gosh. In the nineties, the Anheuser Busch one was huge. sort of disappointing. I mean, it um, was okay, but. They've always been like front and center, exactly. Till they and, weren't, and it was it was sort of. I mean, I heard McGraw talking about the um, the RFK, the Robert F Kennedy commercial, which his campaign had nothing to do with. Apparently, I missed that one. Um, but but no. the NFL for kids, the little boy in Africa, yeah, running, that was fantastic. That was that was really sweet. Um, it's good that they're broadening 
their markets because they don't certainly don't have enough money. Um, <laughs> I mean, they're. It was just so funny to see the the the, the crowds and the parties all around the world. Mm-hmm. And I always get choked up when I see the military bases. Yes, you know when you see them, they're watching the Super Bowl, and you think of their parents. It's just, it's it's a great little slice of Americana halftime show. What did you all think of that? I I didn't realize that there. I mean, there was some sort of controversy about it. Deadline.com said that it was awful. and I thought the roller skating was pretty cool. (laughs) I mean, you know, I know pink flies through the air, and it seems like performers need something, but, you know, I I, I thought it was pretty good. I did, too. I thought Alicia Keys, I thought it was great to see her, um, but... Yeah, a lot of people weren't weren't thrilled with it. But- Usher had been on CBS Sunday Morning, and I, I didn't realize they were not paid for it. But it's every performer's dream. You're getting to- a trillion dollars worth of free publicity. Exactly, and by now, that time they probably don't need it anyway. The um the other story that obviously came out of the Super Bowl was Travis Kelsey, um, bumping, screaming. Pushing. Losing his mind <laughs> yeah. with with um, Andy Reid on the sidelines. And Chris was telling me that he said it's really not that big a deal. And I said, well, it's certainly, it certainly appeared to be a big deal. Is, it did what, look like a big deal to me. What what was your take since you are the only athlete yeah, in, I thought it was weird. in the room? I thought it was weird. Yeah, and Andy Reid said later that... Uh, Travis came up to him and said, I love you. I'm sorry. Um, but that he, he said, he said, nobody knows this young man. Like I know this young man. And he said, um, he's a, he's a crazy competitor Mm. and that, you know, that that was part of it. But yeah, I think he needs to, and what's, what's the saying? Check yourself before you wreck yourself. Yeah. I mean, I just I, I just thought that because, I mean, from a competitive standpoint, he may as well have just rented a Jumbotron and told the 49ers, you're in our head and you're really, yes. really messing with our game plan. Because if you have that kind of a display on camera at the Super Bowl, it, it just it wasn't, wasn't, wasn't a good look. Uh, you know, the tight shots that the camera gets of all the – players when they are looking dejected or as you said frozen makes i guess the other team can't see those tight shots but boy we can at home um and on the royal banks missouri text line this does not surprise us but one person says i love the halftime show and the next person the halftime show was terrible yeah that's <laughs> you can't you know you can't please all the people all the time for but sure it, but it really was a big deal to have the super bowl in las vegas did you, did anybody else did any of you our co-hosts were you troubled by that because there was a there you know they were explaining it on the pregame and what time did you guys start watching i started watching around halftime because i wanted to see the halftime show and then surprisingly I stuck with it until the end. Mark was in Highland with all the oh. Highland boys. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, we started watching at noon or about noon, um, maybe even earlier. I'm not proud of that, but that's what we do on Super Bowl Sunday. What I can't figure out, and you guys are brilliant, so please, maybe you have a clue. Um, why don't we play the game on Saturday? 
where the someone world... tell me this when we were having brunch with friends on Saturday and this was brought up. I don't why understand. don't we, Connor? Is there some football reason behind this or? Uh, I don't know. I think it's always been on Sunday, Ryan. So that's when I, they want it. I How guess. many people called in sick today? How many people took a vacation day? I mean, it just seems like it would make so much more sense. I've, so what they should do then is give this day off, you know, make it a holiday. Okay, or that. Go. But then you would have to afford the same courtesy to every major league sporting event. I mean, like mm-hmm. the World think, uh, Series, you've got no. five out of seven, no? No. You don't think so? No. Okay. Well, not everyone not everyone watches it like they do the Super Bowl, right? Now, it's somebody, born out with the ratings, right? Well, yeah. Yeah, that is true. That's true. Because if Houston is playing, um, you know, give me some other. Arizona. Arizona. There's not going to be a whole lot of groundswell. Somebody wrote this on the text line, and I was thinking it but did not say it out loud. Trevor needs anger management. Look out, Taylor. I know. I thought the same thing. And then I thought, why am I thinking like this? Um, I did think I, the other thing I thought was kind of strange because I couldn't understand why they wouldn't give him the ball. Chris explained to me that he has a target on his back, but but when we're when you're down and you're struggling, why wouldn't you put the weapons that you know you can rely on on the field? Um, did, was that your explanation too, Connor, or in terms of just the fact you mean that early they, in the game? Well, he because yeah. he had like ninety yards at the end. At the end, yeah, yeah, at the end. Um, that was why he was so frustrated with not being. He wasn't playing. Um, I, I think they were probably just covering him. Uh, they have, yeah. the Niners have really good linebackers, and then one of them tore his Achilles, and then he didn't cover him anymore because he was out of the game. Right. Um, a lot of injuries. Um, the other thing, some people were saying that uh, they thought Travis Kelsey would propose to Taylor no. Swift after the game. No, no, And no. we were thinking about this because we were just at Newsteaders, and they were saying if you want an engagement ring, you can still get it. You can get it right up to Valentine's Day. That's what they were telling us, which is uh, absolutely amazing. We had the best time out there on Friday and uh, visiting with Eric and Diana and everybody um, when it comes to making a purchase of, of jewelry, you're not just, it's not just a box with something beautiful in it. You're purchasing a future heirloom. You're purchasing a memory. You're purchasing something that is going to mean the world to your family. You know, when you think of your mother, especially, uh, you think of one piece of jewelry that you always, you know, you always saw her wearing. Um, that's how important these jewelry purchases are. And so uh, we absolutely hope that you will go to Newsteaders. They don't know how to pronounce it. Um, they know how to pronounce it. They don't know how to spell it either. That's why their website is wowdiamonds.com. Wowdiamonds, one word, dot com. A St. Louis jewelry tradi- tradition since 1961. And as we said, uh, if you do have that Valentine's um, desire to make that big Valentine's purchase, you can do that up till Valentine's Day. They can do it on site. Uh, they are always ready to help you with the process because they know it's a little overwhelming. And something else that you're going to love is that they have all price points. Uh, they have these beautiful opal uh, drop, like teardrop necklaces, these pendants uh, that are brand new, and you can certainly buy one 
for your sweetie pie. They keep that in mind, and it's so important. And you can actually start a wish list to take the guesswork out of your husband's Valentine's Day chores. He can find exactly or she can find exactly what you're looking for. They also have custom work and repairs. They are located at 2961 Doherty Ferry Road in St. Louis County, 63122wowdiamonds.com for Valentine's Day. Wendy and I are always reminding all of you about your health screenings, and let's not leave dental out of that. A few years ago, we found uh, Baldwin Dental Care because both Wendy and I had dentists who retired. We were looking for a new one. Baldwin Dental Care is the largest female-owned dental practice in the state of Missouri. Dr. Kimberly Simons bought it from her dad. She really kind of grew up in the practice, and uh, as she has told us, there was a point during her teenage years where she would said, where she would say to herself, "I will never become a dentist." Well, she has, and Baldwin Dental Care is fantastic. They have a new patient special, a comprehensive exam, four X-rays, an oral cancer screening, and a cleaning for $99 or $100 credit on your account. And it doesn't really matter where you live. I think you'll find it well worth the drive to Baldwin. They've been doing this for 50 years. They offer affordable payment options, Saturday hours, evening hours, and their mission statement is this. We remember what it was like to be a patient. They mean that. They also mean if you have any anxiety at all in the dental chair, they'll take good care of you. They hand you a comfort menu when you walk in and ask you what you need emotionally? Do you need the dentist to walk you through it? Do you want headphones to listen to music or watch a movie? Your wish is their command. Baldwin Dental Care called 636-227-2552 or just Google Baldwin Dental Care. And if you stop in, please tell them Jennifer and Wendy sent you. We are going to switch gears here as we often do. And talk about soap because it smells fantastic in this studio. We are joined by Melissa Gibbs, who, along with her husband, own Herbaria Soaps, which is on the Hill, correct? On the Hill, 2016 Marconi Avenue. Well, welcome. And tell us about when you and your husband took over Herbaria. I remember being there like, could it have been 20 years ago? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we've been in business. It's almost 22 years uh, my husband and I bought in in 2018, so a lot of people are going to know Lurie DeFries and Ken Gilberg are the founding couple. I know for a lot of people, the ingredients in soap are important. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. Um, I've been really obsessed with a Mayo Clinic study in the past decade that showed the top reasons we go to our physician. One of them is skin issues. So we're constantly bombarding ourselves with things in big box stores that have detergents and fragrances. Fragrances can mean over 3,500 potential ingredients. We're keeping it pretty simple, and you can read every plant that is in our product there. Mm-hmm. And when you think of soap, you don't think of all of the consonants that you see in the, you know, the list of ingredients when you look at the at the label, um, because I did recently have, for the first time in my life one of those skin issues. Mm -hmm. And I looked and you see things like wax and it's like, ew, you know, no wonder this kind of thing happens. But, but answer a question for me, please. 
Um, where does this love of these fragrance soaps, where does it come from? Because you, I know, Jennifer, oh. you have the same thing. And the feel, because I, I used to like, I don't know, Irish Spring or Dove, and then I started okay. looking at these. Well, I did yeah. bring in for you our number one bestseller, Lavender Oatmeal. So if you give that a smell. Mm, it's heaven. What, what I brought for you is, we shouldn't name it, but if you want to give the this bar competition a sniff, does that smell oh, like lavender it, to you? No, this smells like a, deter, a cleaning detergent I would use yeah. for my kitchen and it, floor. And the labeling's describing walking through a field of lavender, and it's got fragrance on the label. Yes, and we won't wow. say the name, but it says olive oil, coconut oil, and then when you turn it over, you can't even read all the ingredients i think it kind of starts with our grandmothers because mm-hmm. back in the back in the day those those luxury sort of fragrant soaps the kind you're making mm-hmm. right now mm-hmm. were very very popular mm-hmm. and then who knows why they maybe fell out of yeah. fashion for a little while but they are back with a vengeance uh, melissa tell us what else herbaria soap makes besides soap uh various other body care i have a body butter there uh it is close to valentine's day that is a delight. You can smooth that on. It's got all those rich cocoa butter, mango butter, rosehip oil is in there. Mm. I know people who are, is it parabens, allergic to parabens? Yeah. I don't even know what that yes, is. There's a lot of other, mm. there's a lot of triggers uh, for skin issues in a lot of commercial items. And we're just trying to keep it simple with whole ingredients. We're learning a lot about that in terms of uh, apparel. You know, the sensitivity to the fabrics and some of the dyes and, and that kind of thing. Um, we have a text line, as we were explaining to you during the break, from the 636. This is Diane Tanucci, who is one of our most famous listeners. We are completely addicted to herbaria soaps. They are fragrant. They are reasonably priced. And they are absolutely wonderful to use. So wonderful that my kids in Chicago and Florida order them online regularly in addition, once I went in and asked if they would give me a discount on a number of soaps for my tr- my teacher sorority, you're just great. She says they are fantastic, great people. Try the Biotherapy Black Soap. Oh, mm. yeah, that's one of my favorites as well. Black Soap, wow. Herbaria Soap is located at 2016 Marconi Avenue on the Hill. They're open Monday through Saturday from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Anything else you would like to say to customers who have not yet been to Herbaria? Why well, should they switch? You you come in, we're going to give you a free tour. We're pretty authentic about showing you our space and sharing it with you, and we'll we'll tell you why real soap is better. And especially for children, because kids have these skin sensitivities today yes. like they have never had in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a big difference. That's why when you start using it, you can't really go back. And nice. Melissa, you make the soap right on, right site. on site. What does that involve? Um, well, it's the chemical process of bringing together a strong base and the vegetable oil blend. So we are a vegan company that makes uh, Castile soap. That and is fantastic. And what is your website? www.herbariasoap.com. Nice. Melissa Gibbs from Herbaria Soap. Thank you. This is really, this is a great Valentine's Day or Galentine's Day present as well. Yes, that is so true. Thank you, Melissa. Um, Also want to thank Miller Furniture for the, uh, the honor of getting to tell their story. And it's a very exciting story these days because they are right in the middle of their largest sale of the year. This is the half-price sale 
It is happening now, but it doesn't go on forever. Uh, You will save on over $6 million of inventory until February 20th. So tie a little string around your finger or make yourself a Post-it note so that you don't miss this sale. And the reason why people love Miller Furniture is because they have been selling the highest quality American-made furniture for almost one century. Think about that. Think about what it takes to stay in business for 100 years. Uh, They treat a customer the way they want to be treated and, frankly, the way customers used to be treated. They have four locations that are so easy to get to. They have the granddaddy of them all in Belleville, Illinois. Then they have their uh, location in Lake St. Louis at the Meadows Shopping Center, Ellisville off of Manchester Road, and their new second Metro East location in Fairview Heights. For a limited time, you can also take 50% off select floor model mattresses or receive a free adjustable base with your purchase of a special order Chatham and Wells mattress. And you know what? Sleeping is the new luxury activity, isn't it? Visit MillerFurniture.com. That's M-U-E-L-L-E-R Furniture.com to see their selection and learn more. And please be sure to tell them that KTRS sent you. It's 1047 at the Big 550 KTRS, and we know a lot of you are um, thinking about what to do for Valentine's Day. And uh, we just want to remind you again about Newsteaders Fine Jewelry. Uh, they are located in unincorporated St. Louis County. They are at Doherty Ferry Road, 2961 Doherty Ferry Road. So easy to get to. And I am wearing... Um, a wow diamond on my left hand and then on my right hand I am wearing a beautiful ring that uh, always makes me think of my mother and it's actually like having my mother with me this was a ring that she wore for the last 50 years of her life and so it means the world to me Um, When she passed away, we had it resized because my mother had fingers like a little bird. So I have it, and it it means so much to me. And um, when you think of these pieces that that touch your heart, um, that are, you know, like really they're sacred uh, parts of your family, you want the right people to be working on those creations for you. And uh, you just can't ask for a better group of people than the family at Newsteaders and Eric and everyone there, uh, they treat you like family. And that's something that Jennifer and I always want to emphasize when we are there, uh, that you're not coming in to make a purchase of fine jewelry. You're not only doing that, you are making, you're making lifelong friends at Newsteaders. Um, they, the, the spelling of Newsteaders is sort of problematic. So they have, they have uncomplicated it for you. The website is wowdiamonds.com. They have something in every price point, something that you will be so proud of uh, as an expression of your love on Valentine's Day. Stop by, again, the store, 2961 Doherty Ferry Road, St. Louis, or wowdiamonds.com. The phone number is 314-966-4442. And welcome back to the Jennifer and Wendy Show. Uh, I know some of you are resting today after... (laughs) And we were given a long day of watching. And we were asking uh, for those of you who could help us 
with the explanation, and we'll get back to that after Ike Ajachi, in terms of why do they have it on Sunday instead of Saturday. Right. Not everybody was goofing off yesterday. The Senate was in session, and Ike Ajachi joins us from ABC News in Washington to tell us what was going on. Ike, thank you for joining us. It's always a pleasure to join you. Thanks for having me. Have you seen this often, the Senate working on a Super Bowl Sunday? This is very rare, a very rare thing that I'm pretty sure they were not fond of, especially the lawmakers from Missouri and California specifically. Nevertheless, they were in the Capitol Hill yesterday in a rare weekend session to try to move forward uh, with assistance for Ukraine, Israel, and other countries. Uh, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer and Republican Leader Mitch McConnell they issued stark warnings about the consequences of abandoning longtime U.S. allies in Europe. So they voted 67 to 27 to move forward on the $95 billion aid package for Ukraine, Israel, and again, other countries. And that includes $60 billion for Ukraine to purchase U.S. made defense equipment, uh, $8 billion for the government in Kyiv, uh, $14 billion for Israel's war with Hamas. $8 billion for Taiwan, and so on and so forth. But what we're seeing right now is former President Donald Trump's influence on the Republican Party, uh, a package that just a year ago would have been uh, supported by a majority of the parties on both sides. We're now seeing uh, several Republicans starting to turn away from this. Now, this is all because um, of the about-face from House Speaker Mike Johnson uh, when he said that any any aid for Ukraine and Israel must be tied to a bill with border security. We saw the House Republicans do a 180 and reject that package, and now we're seeing the Senate try to pass a standalone uh, supplemental package for the aid. So this is going to further complicate an already complicated political season, correct, Ike? It is, because uh, what we're seeing right now is we're seeing a lot of Republicans have to really say one thing and do another. They beg for provisions to improve the country's immigration policy and secure the border. Now we're seeing former President Donald Trump do an about-face on the campaign trail, so there should be no uh, uh, border deal. There should be no aid for Ukraine. There should be no aid for Israel. It's really putting Republicans who have essentially maintained this consistently in a hard spot. It's going to be hard for House Republicans to maintain that slim majority come election time if they're continuing to go back so openly on their firm stances. It's a very big problem that will really complicate things moving forward. And I could clarify for us the next procedural vote happens when? That can essentially happen uh, this week as soon as tomorrow. But even if it does pass the package, the future is deeply uncertain in the House. The large majority of those GOP lawmakers firmly aligned with former President Donald Trump. Ike from Capitol Hill, thank you so much for joining us. And we look forward to speaking to you later in the week. Likewise. Take care. I guess that is a pretty big deal that they're working on Sundays. Super Bowl Sunday. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Super and, Bowl Sunday. And many in the Republican Party, at least the powers that, that be or were in power, um, they're acting as if the election is already over mm-hmm. and as if Donald Trump has already won. Um, that is, speaking of problematic, I think that's going to be problematic for a few of them. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, by the way, over the weekend, 
we went to brunch with some friends to this little bistro on Morganford in Tower Grove called Grand Pied, which means Bigfoot. Have you heard of it? I haven't. It's run by Tony Kalita, the son of the Piccadilly Manhattan. So they took us to their son's restaurant. And I just want to tell you all, they, they don't have a liquor license, so you bring your own bottle. You have to get on the wait list. You can't make reservations. There are no six tops, only two tops or four tops. The food is fantastic with the New Orleans flair. <gasps> so I you, mean, you could be in Mardi Gras or you could essentially be in, you know, in the middle of Mardi Gras and not even go to Soulard. Grand Piet on Morgan Ford and Tower Grove. I got gumbo over grits. They, I, I'm not a pancake person, but they've been voted best pancakes in the Midwest. They're not even like pancakes. They're, they're delicious and light. I mean, it was really, plus it's kind of funny to see Nick and Maggie with their son and, you know, in the oh, restaurant. Sure. I mean, their daughter Molly runs Piccadilly. Right. But it, it was fantastic. Wow. Um, it sounds, it sounds great. Are we spreading Mardi Gras over uh, a longer period of time these days? That's or? a good question. Cause Wednesday's Ash Wednesday. Right. But, you know, I mean, there were lots of people down in that part of the city, but I, I'm not into Mardi Gras celebrations. So, and and Mardi Gras, I mean, we have, uh, you know, there are Mardi Gras parties stretching into March. So it seems like it used it usually is a couple of weekends. Yeah. And now it seems like it is. It's a little bit uh, a little bit more extensive. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you have any contracting work that you're going to do, this was another conversation that came up. You're looking for somebody respectable and trustworthy. Let the Better Business Bureau help you. The Better Business Bureau here in St. Louis is a great resource for customers and business owners. They've been verifying the credibility of companies for over 100 years. So if you're looking for a company you can trust, even before you start redoing whatever you're redoing, go online to bbb.org. Their mission is to create an ethical workplace, and the staff there are so hardworking. They work hard to maintain a list of businesses and brands and charities you can trust, and they'll work with you. If you you feel like you've come across a scam, you can report that, and the Better Business Bureau will help you. You can file a complaint. You can post a review. You can get project estimates from reputable businesses so that you'll have an idea of what a fair price is for your home projects, even before you start shopping around, let them help you. You can give them a call at 314-645-3300. That's 314-645-3300. Or you can check them out online at bbb.org. In our next hour, Mike Ward joins us, and he will be talking about bubbly for mm. Valentine's Day, which is also Galentine's Day. I, I know some people don't like this holiday, but I love it. It just reminds me of being in school. I know, and with all our little the kids. Shoe boxes yes. that we would decorate. Oh, yes, it was so much fun. And I know not everybody deserves a trophy. I'm not on board with that. But everybody deserves a Valentine's Day card. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And at the very least, if do something nice for yourself on Valentine's yes, Day. Absolutely. If there's nobody significant in the picture. Love yourself. And coming up at 1135, we'll chat with author Alan Gratz, who's coming to St. Louis this week. Coming up on Top of the Hour News with Jim Fairchild and ABC, we'll be back with the second hour of the Jennifer and Wendy show after that. This is the Big 550 KTRS St. Louis.
We are so lucky. Some people say from soup to nuts, but here on the Jennifer and Wendy show, from soap to wine. From soap to wine. (laughs) Mike Ward is here, Ward on Wine, just in time for Valentine's Day. It's always so good to see you, Mike. Thank you for having me. And talking about sparkling wine today and after the Chiefs victory, I think it's appropriate to have sparkling wine to celebrate that. Agreed. Do you have a suggestion for our listeners? Well, I do. I'm here to talk about a brand that I really, really love. It's It might be my favorite sparkling wine, and it's spelled mum, M-U-M-M, pronounced mum, and uh, mum Napa particularly, which you can easily find at uh, at Deerberg's is a wonderful sparkling wine. And with Valentine's coming up, I just thought people might want a little recommendation. Has it always been a tradition to do the sparkly stuff on, on Valentine's Day? I think people in the wine world like me would want you to know that. And think we think about chocolate, but how about a little wine as well? Definitely, I think it's, yeah, definitely. And I think we always associate romance, for whatever reason, with the bubbly stuff. You know, in France, in Champagne, where Mum is from, uh, the Mum brand, GH Mum is their sh- is their champagne. Uh, they drink it all the time, and I think Americans kind of think of it as a special occasion, Valentine's or a celebration of a birthday or some event. But uh, people in Europe, they drink it a lot more than we do. Is Prosecco uh, champagne? Prosecco is not champagne. Prosecco sparkly, is sparkling right. wine from Italy. Uh, from northeastern Italy near uh, uh, Verona and, and Venice. Uh, but it's also made a little bit differently, different grape varieties, and it doesn't have the bubbles that a champagne would have because it's made differently. Okay. My husband and I were having a bottle of Corbel, just Corbel, the Brut Champagne. Why does champagne make you so happy? And, and I don't, I mean, don't <laughs> laugh because I well, understand the alcohol by volume thing. But it is a very happy experience drinking sparkling stuff. There is a a potential reason for that. And I'm not a physician, but the bubbles and the alcohol will reach your bloodstream a little quicker Mm. than a non-carbonated wine. Okay. So you might have a quicker effect of happiness drinking a sparkling wine. So I'm going to go with that, even though that I'm not good. medically trained to tell you that. But. <laughs> okay, Dr. Good. Ward. Yeah. <laughs> now, Mum Napa, is is that owned by Mum in France? It is. And in the 19, late 1970s, uh, GH Mum, which is a you know an established brand, uh, which I visited thanks to Altair Travel on my trip last August. I was able to go to their French property. Uh, and funny there, they call it Moom. And here we call it mom. Oh, I uh, like mom much better. But than they, yeah, mom says, yeah. But they realized that Napa Valley was a wonderful place to grow Chardonnay and Pinot Noir. And those are the two grapes that they use in Champagne. So they uh, started in Napa in the 1970s, established a winery there, and it's made exactly like their Champagne is in the Champagne region. But of course, because it comes from Napa, it's sparkling wine and not Champagne if that makes sense. It does, actually. Well, let's talk about food, because there are people who like to stay home and eat and make a nice meal for Valentine's Day. Are there certain foods that you recommend that would go well? Almost anything. Champagne and sparkling wine is so food-friendly that you can do almost anything with it, and you can pair it like you would normal wines. Now, that steak that you might be grilling, there's probably a different Napa Valley Cabernet or something that might pair better with that. But almost anything else, 
seafood and chicken and turkey and uh, certainly salmon, duck. Scrambled you know, there's eggs. so many. Yeah, scrambled yeah. eggs. Uh, it's a great uh, way to have a brunch or something like that. Yeah, it's a very food friendly wine. And talk about the the sugar content because it's not what you would think it is, correct? Well, something that's interesting, and I like this because it's kind of job security for me. The name <laughs> Brut, if you see Brut, B-R-U-T on the bottle, that means dry. And if you read a bottle of sparkling wine and it says extra dry, that means it's a little bit sweet. Uh, what? Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> what? That's good job security for people that teach wine classes like I do. So extra dry means that you're going to taste just a little bit of sweetness is not a dessert wine, but it's an old, old term that came from champagne hmm. in the old days when that's about as dry as they could make it. And when they perfected the production method to make it a brute, they didn't really change the name of extra dry. They just wanted that to tell you that it's uh, a, uh, a slightly sweet style. Um, just so you know, Mike Ward, Ward on Wine. At the beginning of January, I got it in my head that, you know, I was going to have a dry January, which I've done years in the past. And then I had brunch with Heidi Klaus and her wife and Kelly Jackson and my best friend. And they were ordering drinks. And I said, well, it's January 7th or something. I was going to have dry January. And Heidi said, Mike Ward wouldn't approve of that. Have a dry martini. And I said, okay, <laughs> it's dry January. I'll have a dry martini. And dry right. January turned into damp January. And you have always said moderation is key. Yeah, and I had dry January as well. I I just stayed to dry whites and dry reds. <laughs> there you go. And there maybe some dry rosé. I know that's a bad joke. but <laughs> No, uh, it's okay. I, I respect anybody's wishes and what they do. You know, we I always talk about moderation and certainly, you know, healthy practices. We want everybody to enjoy wine and be safe and, and feel good about it. Moderation is always a key. Let's talk about price point for mum or other sparkling yeah. wines. Mum is, uh, and, and I talk about Deerberg's a lot because that's where, you know, the, my partners and I know it's there and available. And it's always right at about nineteen ninety nine, uh, And I think that's a really good price point for wine under $20 above that. $15 to $20 price range for a premium wine is, is really affordable. You know, champagnes are usually in the 50 to $100 plus range. And uh, and they have to make them, get them here, and there's a little bit more, you know, production with them. So that price range is a little bit higher. But for $20, you can have a really good, well-made bottle of California sparkling wine that's made exactly like a champagne. I do have a question because through Altair, I led a trip to France, and it just seemed like all the wine was fantastic, even from a grocery store, even when it was $8 a bottle. Is that because I was on vacation or do they? Would it taste well, differently if she were back here? I mean, it, do they make it better than we do or differently? I uh, love our wines in the U.S., California, and our, and of course, I'm a, a big proponent of our Missouri wines. France is just a special place in the world where they have the ability to grow grapes because of the climate there, the traditions and the, the soil and everything else. They can grow grapes differently than most other countries. Italy is very similar. Spain and Portugal are similar as well, where they just have the benefit of what we call a Mediterranean climate. And it's just great places for those particular grapes to grow from that species of grape like Chardonnay and Pinot Noir and Cabernet that we're, we're, we're associates with. And then nowadays we find that in parts of France, 
like southern France, right near the the Mediterranean, th- those wines are fantastic, and they're ten ten dollars a bottle or less. If they can get them here cheap enough, you know, and you get a really great bottle of wine. Mm. I, yeah, I think it's the location. I really do because yeah. I mean, if you have the the flu bug in France, you're still going to be happier <laughs> having it in France, right? That well, is true. People tend to say that they think they don't get headaches because there's no sulfites. There are sulfites in those wines as well. Oh, but yeah, well, Mike, you're, you're hang just on. eating a lot. We're going to do a little business here and come back and chat with you some more because we have. Ward on wine and wine on the brain. And we never let him out of the studio besides. Uh, we like to keep him here as long as we possibly can talking about wine. And speaking of uh, sugar content and that kind of thing, uh, we grew up wondering about, uh, or not wondering really, we were being uh, told by our parents that we could we had to watch the candy, remember, because of the sugar content and what it would do to our teeth. Uh, things have changed a lot in the world of dentistry since since we were little girls. And uh, one of the best things, the biggest changes, is, is really the way dentists deal with anxiety. And at Baldwin Dental Care, uh, you are not going to experience an ounce of anxiety. And they put a lot of thought into your experience at Baldwin Dental Care. First of all, it's easy to get to. It's just right out Manchester Road. When you see the Welcome to Baldwin sign, you are practically in the parking lot. And speaking of the parking lot, um, one of the things that really will make me anxious is if I'm late for an appointment because I'm trying to find a parking space. That's never an issue. They've got plenty of parking. It's six steps from the door, and then you are right in. Uh, you are, you're in and on your way um, to your appointment room. Uh, They're just terrific. They hand you a comfort menu. They get to know you. And every single uh, visit that you have at Baldwin Dental Care is a Goldilocks experience. If you like to watch Netflix on the ceiling, then that's what you're going to be doing. If you like a lot of information, they'll give you a lot of information. A little information or no information at all, uh, that is what they do. They do exactly what alleviates that anxiety for you. The phone number is 636 227 2552. Be sure to tell them that the girls sent you. Many of you, and I, you know, hate to say it, but it's true, when it, it comes to Valentine's Day, men can be very intimidated by the Valentine's Day jewelry experience. And if that is you, uh, then please remember the website, wowdiamonds.com. Wow Diamonds, one word.com. Because after you visit with the new stutters, uh, the family, Eric Swanson, all of the wonderful employees that they have at Newsteaders. You might walk in a customer, but you're going to be walking out a friend. And you're going to feel uh, pretty knowledgeable, too. And what they love to do, especially with, with young people, maybe people who are really on a limited budget, they have lots of things in their gorgeous display cases that have reasonable price points. And they want you to give the little Newsteader purple box uh, with pride. They want you to really feel uh, like what you are giving to that person is an expression of love. And they want you to be as happy with it as the recipient. Uh, They are located on 2961 Doherty Ferry Road, just off of 270. So it's a, a very easy drive. And you'll be embraced by the family. And as I said, uh, you you will really feel educated about your about your purchase. And uh, the other thing you have to remember on Valentine's Day, 
they they do get a lot of last minute uh, fellas coming in and women too because they have a glorious selection of watches and other jewelry for men. But uh, if if you have delayed and suddenly spontaneously you think, hey, I want to marry her, or hey, you know, I want to get engaged, they can help you right up until Valentine's Day. Uh, that is how wonderful and accommodating they are. They have a beautiful new opal teardrop necklaces. Ask about that because when it comes to a reasonable price point, that is going to really make somebody very, very happy. WowDiamonds.com. Be sure to tell them that KTRS sent you. Royal Banks, Missouri Tech Times open at 84126. If you have any questions for Mike Ward, Ward on Wine, and we have one for you, Mike. Are European grapes grown with root stock from the U.S.? Yes. Oh, that's that listener that's is like an very, inside, yeah, yeah. inside you, knowledge here. In the uh, in the 1800s, there was a uh, a global pandemic for grapevines of a little bug that affected all the vines and pretty much killed all the vines of Europe. Wow. And the way they figured it out was that American vines were resistant to this bug. So they dug up our roots and brought them over to Europe and replanted and grafted the vines on mostly American rootstock. And the bug's still around today, but that's what kind of takes care of it. You know, there's a lot of talk about climate change worldwide. Has this affected wine growers anywhere? Massively, yes, yes. And the the short answer is, in some cases, it's it's a positive, unfortunately, for some wine regions because you're able to grow, grow things that you couldn't before because it gets a little bit warmer. But eventually, you know, obviously droughts and things like that will catch up with you. And, and it's going to be a threat to the wine industry in, in a lot of places. But vines are gradually like moving north, you know, as it gets warmer. You can grow things in Germany that you could never grow before. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, overall, it's not good. But right now, it's producing some good vintages. You know, something that... um I have I have noticed before at parties when it comes to serving champagne, getting back to uh, the sparkling, sparkly stuff, serving champagne with desserts. Is that is that is that commonplace, Mike? Well, I, I think it's it is, and it can be done. I think you know your concern if you really want to pair it correctly is to to make sure you know about the sugar level. In, in the wine. So we mentioned Prosecco, which is typically dry. Moscato d'Asti from the other part of Italy, northwestern Italy, is is always sweet, or Asti Spamanti. And so that will be much sweeter than most champagnes. So I always tell people, know your label a little bit, do a little bit of research, especially if you care a lot about the pairing, because you could really throw off your pairing if you did something like seafood with a Moscato d'Asti. Those don't match. The sugar's going to mess up your food. So if that makes sense. Well, years ago, I was invited to a party that was just champagne and chocolate. So yeah. which champagnes would you go for if it was that? Well, you can do that. And pairing things that are sweet together, it's a little bit difficult. Uh, I would do maybe a rosé, uh, a, sh- a champagne rosé or mum, Napa rosé as well. And that'll pair nicely with, with chocolate. Um, and somebody is asking, I know we, we touched on this. It looks like there's a mum sparkling wine from California, which yeah. you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Do you prefer the mum from France or mum Napa? I actually like them both equally. And I, I mentioned how because of the folks at Altair Travel, I was able to go to the the winery there and all the history. The wines are fantastic. But I actually like, I've been to the California winery in Napa as well. And, uh, you know, one's a little less expensive, 
that's fine. Uh, and one tastes a little bit different. The mum uh, in, in champagne has a little bit more depth to it. I like them both. Mm-hmm. There was a time when people were snobbish about Missouri wines. And, of course, that has changed, hasn't it? Have Has the state of Missouri gotten better? Or the uh, wine growers, not the state. I hope that people aren't that way. Uh, I, I I actually work on special projects with the Missouri Wine and Grape Board. I'm a big fan of our Missouri wine industry. I think our wines are better than they've ever been in history. And I encourage people, if you haven't tried a Missouri sparkling or wine or a sparkling wine, please go out and try them. Uh, from you know, they're they're not all sweet. There's some great dry wines. Now we can't grow the same grapes that they grow in California or France. We have hybrid grapes here, uh, but they're really, really high-quality wines. And in spite of the sort of tumultuous happenings out there in wine country with the Hoffman family, uh, the Missouri Wine Commission and the Missouri Wine Winery or the Missouri Grape is in good hands for the future, correct? Very good hands. Okay. And, and you know, whatever happens in Augusta, those wines are still tasting fantastic. Our friends own a winery called Nobilize Vineyards. That winery is, is one of my favorites, family-owned. And uh, certainly and friends that, that work and own St. James Winery right. in St. James. So the wines are great quality. Everything is cyclical. These things happen in every in every business, so yeah. that's good to hear, Mike. I'm thinking way back. Whatever happened to Annie Greenspring? Is that still around? Was that a wine? It was just a college thing, well, I think, because it was inexpensive. I think wines like that have kind of run their course, and maybe now we're making wines a little bit different. There's certainly value wines uh, that are, are made a little bit differently. And, you know, when we talk about Missouri wines, there's some great Missouri wines. There's probably some that you wouldn't like, but you could say the same. Same thing about California. You know, they don't make it's all not all Napa and Sonoma in California. Well, and the other thing, I used to go to a lot of wine tastings with a friend, and I I don't think I have a sophisticated palate because I could not tell the difference between a ten dollar cabernet that I was drinking and a fifty dollar, whereas my friend could, but I, I really couldn't tell the difference. Now I'm a dessert snob. But I think I don't have a sophisticated palate when it comes to wine. You know what I've found through years of teaching, and I teach people how to taste wine. That's part of one of, my, one of the classes I teach, or blind tasting. And you can be a novice and a beginner and not think that you have a great palate. And, and you can identify so many great things about wine and quality of wine. So anybody, it's approachable for anyone. You know, I'm not a wine snob. And even if it's your first glass of wine... I, I welcome you in, and and you know we'll teach you how to how to taste and pair and things like that. I know a lot of parents, including Jennifer's parents, thought it was important for them to have a taste when it came to to wine, to fine wines. Um, is there obviously twenty one? But have you have you noticed that 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 it is a family type decision because parents who enjoy wine and learn and want to know more and more about wine, they want the they want to pass that on to their children. Yeah, and there's always wine open at my house. Yeah. Now my all my kids are over 21, and I'm sure none of them ever had wine or anything oh, else. Of course under not. 21. Of course not. Of but course we, not. <laughs> I've actually they like Napa Cabernets and things like that, and I've try I try to you know kind of teach them you know what what wine pairs best, and there's certain things they like. But there's always wine open on our table, and again we just teach responsibility with it, and you know they they they're 
they're good about it. I have to tell you this before we go. A lot of us here watch CBS Sunday Morning. I don't know if you do, but they interviewed the actor Paul Giamatti. Yes, yes, And yes. he was in that movie Sideways. Yeah. Years ago. Yeah, when he said he didn't know that Chianti was a... Oh, I'm sorry. He, no, exactly. <laughs> yeah. He said he does not know a thing about wine, but all these years later, people keep stopping him, and he didn't know if Chianti was white or red. You know, that movie had a massive... Uh, 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 effect on the California wine industry. And, you know, he's such a great actor. And some of the things that were talked about in that movie just had such an effect on California wines, like the effect on the Merlot grape variety and the Pinot Noir grape variety. Uh, that movie is super influential. And that was funny that he, he doesn't know anything about wine. <laughs> it was hilarious because he was, he was such, he was, and he played it to the hilt, didn't he? Yeah. You know, the, you know, he just knew so very much about wine and uh, Thomas Pay- Thomas Hayden Church, I believe, was the actor that was with him. I've never seen the movie, so I'm going to have to definitely look it up. It's really good. Where can people get in touch with you, Mike? Mike at wardonwine.com and love the questions. And if you needed a pairing idea or, or want to talk about a wine that you should get, please reach out to me. I'm happy to help. We and always love having you. Every Friday on the Heidi Glouse Show? That's right, 415 every That's Friday. Right. Well, thank you so much, Mike. I'll tell you one place where they keep their residents happy is McKnight Place Assisted Living and Memory Care. One of the reasons is that four times a week, they have happy hour at 4 o'clock with appetizers and drinks and live entertainment. And it really connects people to one another because it's a transition to move from your home into an assisted living and memory care community. When you move into McKnight Place, you will enjoy a life that is rich in quality care, genuine friendships, and fun activities. The entire community was designed to provide the warm, comfortable feeling of home in a safe and secure environment. Unlike a lot of senior living communities, McKnight Place Assisted Living does not use points or tiers or level of care to escalate your fees. McKnight Place Assisted Living has predictable pricing and no buy-in fees. They invite you to explore more. They are so happy to send you more information and you can even join their wait list so you don't miss an opportunity to live an active and connected and happy lifestyle. Call Leslie, Kelly, or Gretchen today to schedule a tour at 314-993-3333. If you tell them Jennifer and Wendy sent you, you will receive a special offer. The Jennifer and Wendy Show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Have you ever envied another couple's relationship and wondered what is their secret to happiness? What makes them soulmates? Great relationships take work from both people. And, you know, sometimes we just need a little help. So if you have ever thought about therapy, why not give BetterHelp a try? It is entirely online and it is designed to be convenient and flexible and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapist at any time for no additional cost. Therapy can be a safe place to work through challenges you face in all of your relationships, whether with your friends, work, your family, your significant other. It's not just for people who have experienced major trauma. It's for the rest of us as well who might be considered the worried well. Become your own soulmate. How does that sound? Whether you're looking for one or not, visit betterhelp.com slash J&W today to get 10% off your first month. 
That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash J-N-W. Now it's time for the Jennifer and Wendy Book Club. It's called Reading. Top to bottom, left to right, group words together as a sentence. Presented each week by the St. Louis County Library on the Big 550. Well, you see, I spell them like they sound, you know. KTRS. He is the number one best-selling author of Refugee and several other historical novels for middle grade readers. And Alan Gratz is back with a powerful take on the attack on Pearl Harbor. The name of his new book is Heroes, Pearl Harbor, A Country Attack to Friendship Tested. Alan, thank you so much for joining Wendy and me. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Tell us about this novel, Heroes, and who you intend it for. Sure. So Heroes is a middle grade novel. So its intended audience is really that ages 8 to 14 middle school for most of the folks out there listening. Uh, And Heroes is the story of two boys, Frank McCoy and Stanley Summers, who are caught on Ford Island Naval Air Station in the middle of Pearl Harbor during the Japanese attack on December 7, 1941. They escape the sinking of the Utah. They cross the airfield on Ford Island while it's under attack. They're knocked on their butts by the explosion of the USS Arizona, and when the attack seems to be over, they put a wounded American sailor on their little boat and try and take him to a hospital over on the Oahu mainland, but only to find that there's a second wave of the attack coming, and they get caught up in that. And then along the way, of course, they're also dealing with another devastating consequence of the attack, and that is the the prejudice and and racism leveled at Stanley because his family is Japanese-American. How did how were you introduced uh, to Pearl Harbor and the significance of it? You're you're a young man. I am, uh, but I do have a, a a little bit of a personal connection to Pearl Harbor. My grandfather Frank Hull was at Pearl Harbor on the day of the attack. Uh, he was a sailor on the submarine tender USS Peleus, and the the Peleus and the submarine base they were not under direct attack that day the same way that the battleships and the airfield were. But, of course, nobody was safe at Pearl Harbor that day. Uh, and so my, I knew that my granddad was there, and I asked him many times during his life. He's passed away now. I asked him many times during his life to tell me about that, that day and what happened, but he never would. And he never talked about it with my mom or my uncle, and um, he, he died not really telling anybody in his close family. Perhaps my grandmother knew, but she also didn't say anything. Uh, about what happened to him that day and what he saw. And in my research, I, I discovered that I, about all the books that I've written about World War II and other traumatic events, I've discovered that there are some people who are quite willing to talk about what they've been through, but there are just as many, perhaps more, who live through a traumatic event and then will ju- just choose never to talk about it again. They were there. They did their duty. They survived, but they just don't want to talk about it. And And that was the case for my grandfather. And so for me, it always it planted very early on as a kid this curiosity about what happened at Pearl Harbor that was so traumatic that my grandfather wouldn't even talk about it. Well, kudos to you for asking him about it, Alan, and I sure wish these books had been around when I was in middle school because I thought history was so boring. When you do <laughs> your when when you travel the country and your event here in St. Louis sold out, uh, yeah. who's your audience? Do you have middle schoolers who come to see you? Oh, yeah, it's great. So my audience is is mostly kids. Of course, their parents are there because their parents are bringing them out. And so I'm trying to write books that are primarily appeal to those kids. They're action-packed. 
They have short chapters. They have characters uh, who are the age of my readers or just a little bit older uh, so that they can they can read about what happened to kids in these times and these places. But at the same time, I'm also trying to write books that they can share with their parents or their grandparents or other adults in their lives and that they can read together and talk about. I have a lot of parents and adults who come through the line who say, thank you for writing these books that I can read as well, that, that are that are written for kids, but 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 engage adults and and give them something to talk about with their kids. So that's a big that's a that's a something I'm very proud of is writing books that they can both read and talk about and enjoy. Alan Gratz is a New York Times bestselling author of 19 novels for young readers. How do you are there certain qualities, Alan, um, when you are when you are putting these characters, bringing these characters to life that uh, the modern readers have to have? Yeah, you know, I always have to remember when I'm writing a book about the past that my characters are going to make decisions that are different than the, the decisions that, that, that modern-day kids would be making. Um, and this has been a struggle right from my very first book, which was called Samurai Shortstop, which was about kids in the 1890s in Tokyo uh, playing baseball and blending their Bushido lessons with their baseball practice. And I had to remember these kids are, are, are kids in 1890s Tokyo. They are not kids in the 2000s in the United States. And so I, I have to – I have to think like the kids in that era. Uh, I have to bring not only just you know their, their own pop culture references and things like that, but also the the, the ethics of the day and and the mores of the day. And then I also have to on the page make it clear why they're making those decisions for modern readers, so that the modern reader understands the context of the world that these kids lived in. So I have a lot of work to do in historical novels for, written for modern readers because I, I feel like I have to start from scratch almost every book. The other thing is because I write for kids, this could be the first time a kid has picked up a book and, and been introduced to the idea or, or the, the, the event of Pearl Harbor. Or I've written a book about the Holocaust or D-Day or, or terrorist attacks, and it may be the first time that, that a kid has ever really – taken a deep dive into this and learned anything about it. And I, I have to make sure that I explain all over again who Adolf Hitler was and who the Nazis were and, and how we got to this place wherever we are in World War II. You know, what's the history of Imperial Japan and why did they attack Pearl Harbor? All of this has to come across in the book. And at the same time, I can't feel didactic. It's not a textbook. It's, a, it's historical fiction. It's supposed to be a page turner. So I've got my work cut out for me every single book trying to explain to modern kids all the context for for all the things that are happening in the story. Well, and Alan Gratz has authored 19 novels for young people, including the one we're talking about now, Heroes, about Pearl Harbor. Alan, as a writer, where do you personally stand? Are you an introvert, an extrovert, an extroverted (laughs) introvert, an introverted extrovert? (laughs) Yeah, it's a good question because a lot of writers, we're writers because we, we get to sit at our computers all day and not talk to anybody. It's pretty great if you're an introvert. Uh, I am something of an extrovert, though, and so um, I, I do enjoy writing the novels, but there's a certain point where I get, I, I get the itch to share them with people. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to write the novels just for myself. I, I definitely write to have readers. So you know, it takes me about a year and nine months to write 
almost all of my books. It's on average about how long it takes to write a book for me. And a year in, I'm really itching to share it with people. I want people to be reading it. I know I can't show it to them yet because there's still nine months of, of revision to come that's going to make the book readable. Uh, but but then I get the pleasure of being able to go out on the road and talk to kids and be in front of, uh, of groups and talk about the books. I really love that. Like that's that's a part of writing that I really enjoy. And I know some authors, they, they die of stage fright and they don't want to get up in front of people because it right. is an introvert's job, right? Um, but I love both aspects. I love the, the research and di- deep dive into a time and a place, but also getting out there and talking to people and meeting young readers especially and seeing young people excited about reading. That's, that's terrific. Well, as Jennifer said, um, obviously the St. Louis County Library and their readers, they ha- they are very, very enthusiastic about your visit, um, <laughs> and you will you will definitely have a terrific time. Do you have a, a message for parents um, who who worry, and, and parents worry a lot, as you know, yeah. um, because of the addiction to these devices, and are our children reading enough? You seem to be the right person with a positive message. <laughs> well, look, I, I love video games. I love television. I'm on my computer a lot um, and, and my phone certainly too much. Uh, and I also read. And, and I think um, w- I'm not a kill your TV, kill your video games kind of guy. What I try to do with my books is write books that are as exciting as playing a video game as exciting as watching uh, a video. Now, I have a lot of competition, and it's very hard to do that when you only have text on a page. Um, but So my goal is to write something where a kid says, should I play Minecraft tonight or should I read Alan Gratz's book? And you know what? <laughs> my, Minecraft is probably going to win, but, but at least I got them to think about, <laughs> about picking up my book. And, right. and once they do... Uh, I try to keep them turning the pages and, and keep it really action-packed. So I would say to parents, don't worry. Uh, I also was that kid. I, I played a ton of video games when I was a kid, and I was watching TV and, and movies and stuff. We didn't have the cell phones and everything to distract us back then. But but I was also the distracted kid who didn't read a lot. And now I'm a, a, an author of 19 books, and, and, a, and I read every day and you know uh, read hours every day. It will come. It will come. Find what your what your kid loves to read, and let them read that. Don't don't pick their books for them. Let them read uh, what they're most interested in. Let them read graphic novels if they love that. Let them listen to audiobooks instead of reading it off the page if that's better for them. Let them reread. Uh, let them read stuff that's below their reading level. Let the so all these things create uh, readers, lifelong readers, and that's what you want. Their taste will evolve, their taste will change and grow, but make them love reading first. Let them love reading first, and then everything else will follow. Alan Gratz is the author of Heroes, a novel of Pearl Harbor. His event at St. Louis County Library is sold out, but you can get the book by going to St. Louis County Library, slcl.org. Alan, thank you for joining us here on the Jennifer and Wendy Show. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much. You know, uh, Richard Newstetter at Newstetter's Fine Jewelers on Doherty Ferry Road, he is a, he's one of a kind, really, and uh, he is a master hand engraver, and he is one of the few 
master hand engravers left in the nation. Uh, His work and his style are widely celebrated and even more importantly, widely recognized. Uh, They tell a story about someone who was on a cruise ship, and I believe they were off the coast of Alaska, and they were seen wearing a Richard Neustetter original piece with the monogramming and uh, and the, the, the jewels and just all of that. Absolutely gorgeous. You know a Richard Neustetter when you see it. And they were asked, are you from St. Louis? And they said, yes, I am. How did you know? Because Richard Neustetter has done some beautiful pieces for our family as well. That is when you know uh, that, that you are dealing with a, a, a real craftsmanship. And if that's what you're looking for and who isn't when it comes to making a purchase of fine jewelry, then Newsteaders is the place for you. And when it comes to Valentine's Day, don't worry. Yes, the clock is ticking. Valentine's Day is day after tomorrow. But if you have something in mind, they will work right up to Valentine's Day, even if it is an engagement ring, because they have their shop on site. They don't have to send anything out. Uh, anywhere else. Custom work, they do repairs, all price points. They want you to feel so good about what you are able to spend to tell the person you love that you love them. Eric Swanson, Diana Newstetter, Richard and Jackie, the whole gang, they look forward to seeing you at Newstetter's 2961 Doherty Ferry Road, wowdiamonds.com, and you'll find out why it's wowdiamonds.com. Jennifer and Wendy, Song of the Day. On the Big 550. KTRS. Today is Michael McDonald's birthday. Happy birthday to Michael McDonald. Uh, This song was the first solo hit for McDonald. Obviously, he used to be with the Doobie Brothers. And his sister Maureen does the backup vocals. I keep forgetting our Song of the Day. sister sang the backup vocals on that i, I just that. never look into I, that but i i know that because i did i mean technically i'm a stalker i mean <laughs> it's it's an ugly word it's an ugly 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 word but it is true i mean i am sort of his stalker and i'm, I'm not alone i'm not alone there are legions <laughs> legions of us i have a quote from thomas edison and i thought of this watching the game yesterday when you said that the Chiefs looked frozen. There, there were times, and I don't know as much about football as you do, but I thought, oh. why do, why are they sitting there with no expression on their face? Does this mean there's no hope? You know, it was toward the end of the game. Thomas Edison said, "Our greatest weakness lies in giving up. The most certain way to succeed 
is always to try just one more time. And I guess when you're competing like that, you just have to Put stay present, right? And, and not think we're, we've lost. Yeah. And to know that in a matter of moments, as it did throughout the game and as it does in life, the the view changes oh. and things change. And suddenly Patrick Mahomes is playing like Patrick <laughs> Mahomes again. And even as a non-football fan, because I just tuned in to watch the halftime show and then started watching, and I actually yelled at the TV at one point because I was following you. what was going on. Good for you. <laughs> Is there black bunting in Mr. Carney's office? Because, of course, we know he was rooting oh. for that. And I felt for the 49ers. You can't help but feel for a team that is so close mm. to winning and then loses. The agony of defeat. The, That's the agony the thing. of defeat. And especially with the halftime show, again, I, I once more wished I could see the video from the control room. And maybe they'll post it, as they often do on YouTube. Because, you know, those people practice for months and months. And whoever the director is and the assistant director in the control room during the Super Bowl halftime. I hope they there's are. pressure on that person too. Oh, those people, immense. I hope they're sleeping today, <laughs> or having some of Mike Ward's champagne. Yes, we want to thank all of you for um, texting in, and we'll be back tomorrow. John Carney, Julie Buck, up next. Seems we just get started And before you know it Comes the time we have to sing Give the star in your life the brightest gift in the world Name a star after them This is Rocky Moselle with